0: Visit Jabberjawmedia.com for more shows like this one. Devin
1: Townsend has proposed to write a $10 million symphony about penises and vagina. Like
2: viscous, like a viscous fluid is a fluid that flows slowly.
1: Yeah. Because the viscosity is more than something like water which flows quickly. Devin Townsend is a genius. Asking
3: Alexandria
1: are fucking stupid. Uh, I went out drinking in Houston and trashed
3: some hotel pool and tried to kick the door down and ended up the night with knocking myself out against the RV. We
1: cannot allow geniuses to do symphonies about dicks and pussies.
3: We need these guys. Cut, 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 cut.
1: We need Aski Alexandria, Alexandria to keep it fucking stupid. Awesome.
3: I signed girl's belly button from the inside with a little pink pencil. Don't let
1: geniuses touch our privates. This daddy uh, daddy just broke his ankle the other day because happened. we were having rough, rough sex in uh, in our bus. And uh, what happened was it got so rough he went through the wall. Asking Alexandria's four million dollar penis and vagina explosion. Italian opera gooch. It. That's even worse. It's hairy and shit. Facial guarantee. <laughs>
3: This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and
1: Petter Speich. Yes, sir. Mm. We are back mm. here, my friend. We got a
0: third person in the room. You're making us feel uncomfortable here. Well, first off, we have to announce ourselves, <laughs> and then we'll announce a third person.
1: My name is uh, Petter Speich, co-host of the show. His name is...
0: Brandon Hahn, everyone.
1: And, hello. And we are interviewing the great, the wonderful Dave Lombardo. Uh, we're going to be talking about Dead Cross. I fuck, I'm i a Fantomos fan, so I just... I really grill his ass about Fantomas. I just asked too many questions about it. But we don't care. Dead Cross is currently on tour, guys. They are running all the way to September 23rd. Do not miss it. Check the dates. I got to see it on their uh, second day. Second day it was an amazing show. Anyways, so um, I don't know if you guys heard the bit. Oh, yeah, third guy in the room. We got a producer now. His name is Danny X. Hey, he doesn't
0: have a mic, so he can't fucking talk. But. Yeah. yeah we, <laughs> He's just kind of staring at us. We have a limited budget here at the Metal Sucks podcast, and uh, right now we need a third microphone for Danny X, but it's not going to happen <laughs> just yet. Maybe in a few weeks. <laughs> maybe in a few weeks. Maybe man. we'll start up a Kickstarter. Maybe we'll make it out like a... You know, Pete's got some disease that's going to take his life, and we'll pull on your heartstrings, get the money, and then we'll buy another microphone. Or maybe, maybe
1: we won't do that. Maybe maybe, maybe we'll use you. Did instead I talk of me. too much? Did I talk too <laughs> no, much? Did, did I just did I just spoil the plan? <laughs> well, you know, if, if the episode doesn't sound any better, we don't know why he's here. <laughs> Good point. Good point.
3: So speaking of yeah. the bit, start we just start
1: producing did. for Christ's sake. Uh, the bit we just produced uh, with Denny X, first one he did. Um, that bit, because Devin Townsend, obviously we all, we all adore him on this show. We mm-hmm. all love what he's done with Strapping Young Lad and everything and all his solo project. And then, uh, back in the day, he talked about doing this $10 million project he needed. It's called The Moth, right? And it, which is about, uh, penises and vaginas or vaginas and penises, whichever order you prefer. Right.
0: Exactly. There's no, we're not taking preference. We're not taking preference. It's just like Martin and Lewis. Like who's the more famous? Who's the best? No, they're both the same. Yeah. Yeah, I know. One's got to come before the other. You're right. You're right. It's like... the hosts of the show, Peter
1: Spicch or Brandon Hahn. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't unlike, matter
0: unless we're going to go unless you, we're going to call like Brandon.
1: You can call me Peter Hahn. I don't yeah, give a fuck. That's what I'm You could combine the two. Yeah, and you can be Brandon Spicch. That sounds gross to me. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. I would I would make a good wife. That I mean, would make no, a very good no, wife. That means it's a son of mine. But okay, a son of yours? I, I, I see. I see, right. see the wife oh, thing. I too. just
0: think Hey, you know what? You we were thinking
1: marriage. I was thinking I had a kid and I named him after you.
0: Oh, thank you. See what I did? Hey, wait a minute. Why is that gross? Why the? Why can't I be? Why can't you have a? Why can't there be a branded spice? Why can't you do that? So a $10 million project.
1: I carry this them- <laughs> <a shot! laughs> About vaginas and penises. So this thing was so ridiculous and so just funny that I was like, ah, oh, Devin towns is definitely trolling us. He's just fucking with everybody. There isn't probably a band in the music industry that can get a $10 million, you know, well, there's one, Well, there's a few, but I'm talking about a a metal band. Here's
0: one. Papa Coach. Oh, shit. They're a great band.
1: They're a great band. I love everything they've done. So anyways, uh, so, you know, he's messing with us. So he brings it up. He doesn't double down. I think he's serious here. Now, I think he's serious about making this uh, $10 million project called The Moth. Um, and and he made it sound more experimental than like you know the last records. He How do did. you
0: get people to donate ten million dollars for something that is experimental? Like you got to know what the fuck you're doing. That's why none after of it ten million dollars.
1: None of it makes sense. And that's why the bit when I, when I was writing it, I was I, originally when I wrote the bit, it was Black Veil Brides, but they have they they're not funny at all. Like those guys are fucking boring. because <laughs> you know, so, I wanted to make fun of that band, but I was like, yeah let me find a fun band and asking Janet in Spades. Dude, those <laughs> right? guys those sound guys fun. Funny. Those guys sound fun. I could do 10 bits about asking Alexandra from
0: clips that I could find on YouTube in like 10 minutes. They're, they're hilarious. Now, are they hilarious? Because you were saying they're fucking stupid. Are they stupid or hilarious? Oh, what I meant by stupid is that stupid humor. Oh, so you mean like when like a, like American like, pie? You mean, like when a black dude's laughing at you and he's like, you stupid, that type of thing. I don't know if that's racist. Is that's, it? No, it's that's a fact. That's Th- what they do. That's what they. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. that was racist. That's what, that Our was producer racist. just left. That was racist. Right, like, that over. was racist. Okay, that was <laughs> Jesus. That just came out so wrong. That's what those people do. <laughs> Stupid. You want to double down? and Keep going. No, on no, this? That's, that's, that's from another podcast. rise to offend.com. But
1: oh, here you're, is you're, the thing. You're gonna do it every time. So anytime I say double down. Anyway, so the point is, is uh, um, yeah. Uh, no, I wasn't saying it like they're stupid human beings. Okay. I was saying... You that were saying
0: it in that... Yeah, you're stupid. You're stupid. Exactly. So yeah. you're
1: right. So And they're hilarious. And, and if they wrote a, 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 a vagina and penis fucking
0: opera, mm-hmm. I would be very intrigued. I think anybody would be intrigued if you wrote a. If anybody wrote one. Like, I'm telling you right now, if I saw Pavarotti dressed in a dick costume, I'm like, I'm going. You're going. I'm going to check that out. Mm -hmm. If I see the three tenors dressed as the female reproductive system, I'm going to be like, boom, I got to check that out.
1: I don't disagree at all. Thank you.
0: I don't think it matters what they wear. So why are we clowning this guy's artistic vision? Well, I'm clowning the $10 million price tag. Okay, the $10 million price tag that can go away. Yeah. I don't even think Rob Zombie can get that much
1: money for a movie. Let's get
0: Hans (laughs) Hans Christian Anderson in here, write a
1: whole soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. The sequel to 31 is going to cost $3 million, D- but somehow we're going to do 10 million. Yeah. It's, the number's insane. He's trolling. There's he's no got to be fucking with he's us. He's got
0: to be trolling, but it's great. I, I love it. it. I love it when people troll and then they go, nah, we're just, I mean, especially with something this ridiculous, a $10 million opera about penis and vagina. And then there are people like us, like us stupid fucks. Are, we're actually talking about, is he messing with us? Is he messing with us? Of course he's fucking messing nah, with us. But
1: that's the thing with Devin Townsend, you don't know if he is messing with
0: you. Man. Is he he might guys, be dead serious. Is he one of these guys that, that, that borders on genius and insanity? Yes. Is it like that? Yes. Okay. It's exactly like, like Patton.
1: That. Like Mike Patton. If Mike Patton said this, a lot of us would be like, all right, same deal. Yeah. Townsend's in that, in that uh, universe, but he's always funny and he's always you know, clever in interviews. So, but to bring it up twice, There might be some legitimacy here. Um, um, Any – sorry about that. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Speaking of – I like to do that. I like to bust out that clip because it sounds like Pete's doing it live again. Every time I I hear my voice, I'm like, who's talking? That's me. That's me. That was me. It throws them off so bad. I love it jump into the fire next one
1: yes next story guys
0: tim lambesis oh um, back again back again he I never goes him. away uh probably my favorite guy in metal to read about <laughs> dude because he's got to be the best clicks on the on the website that's what I'm saying. every like, time i see his name i'm, I'm excited i'm like oh what like, happened like tim lambesis is is, is metal's version of like, the game from hip-hop. Like, how he's always in trouble and shit. Yeah. There's always some kind of thing. Like, he's always in the headlines for causing some kind of stupid chaos. Yeah. Like, that's our that's our Tim Lambesis. Yeah, he, he is, like you said, like Molly Cyrus when she
1: was crazy. That's our Tim. That's our Tim. So, uh, anyways, I think it's not big news, but there's a rumor that, obviously, he's, re-reco- he's re- not re-recording, recording new songs uh, with As I Lay Dying, but uh, with completely new members of the band. Um, I, for one have mentioned this many times. I, I, am, I am a fan and, and was a big fan of As I Lay Dying prior to his horrible, you know, decision to kill his wife
0: <laughs> <That'll>, <laughs> that he made. Yeah, that'll put a damper on things. But, uh, that, that'll and, put a damper on and album
1: And I, I followed right through to Woven War with the, with the guys. You know, I'm still a huge fan of Woven War. Honor's Dead was actually a, a great record. So was the first one. So I'm still supporting all these dudes, right? Except, except our Tim. That's the thing. Is like, I, I will probably buy... The yeah. next SLA Dying mm-hmm. record. I'm just you being know, honest with yep. you. Yep.
0: And your money's going towards Poison. I know. Your money's going towards Hitmen. Your money's going towards Piano Wire. But
1: Awakened
0: was like one of my favorite records of that year. I loved the last. Four of theirs, dude. dude. I, I really liked As L A. You know, was a, a great. Lot. You know, was an awesome lead singer, and you're going to love his music. O. J. Simpson. You should go <laughs> buy. You should buy some of his stuff. He's out now. Yeah, man. he's out.
1: Maybe he could. Maybe he could. Do, he could do like a, a cover song with Tim on this record. I'm getting it.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Just when you, you just got to catch him before he hits the greens. It's, it's just get gotta, him in the studio. You know, it's can it can be the juice is loose
1: with some sort of like I don't know As L A. Dine reference about some you know breakup mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. So I am a fan of the band, dude. And it's it's a heartbreaking thing because. You're not allowed to support him anymore openly. You have to do. I have to do it in the closet, even though I'm saying it on the show. Yeah, right now. Yeah, you are definitely doing it openly. Um,
0: but uh, I think there's a lot of us out there, and I think that's I'm sure there is a lot of you and out I think there. But you, you got to succeed. You have to keep it quiet, though. I this know. Is, I can't talk about this. It. Is the, and you you are talking about? No, I know. It. That's the I'm thing. just being honest. Man. Half the fans right now know Pete Spajic supports a murderer. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, like you would have thought listening to the show, Shit. like who's the bigger asshole on this show? Me, like mm. guarantee. Definitely with your race joker. D- really. yeah. That was that was bad. But and uh, that, and I had to come this way now. Yeah. Yeah. But there was no hatred with what I just said. There was uh, there. You know, so but what I'm saying is not when you're talking about those people no. Well,
3: that was, an accident. <laughs> that was
0: pretty bad. That just slipped out. That slipped out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. But you flat out are supporting a murderer. So it's I hard. haven't
1: yet. OK, I haven't yet. Um, I'm just saying, I have all the way through his career. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I've seen them a million times. Yeah, you know? the guys, the guys
0: from As I Lie Dying should recruit uh, Charlie Manson the second he gets out.
1: Yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, you day. just did the same joke with OJ Simpson. Yeah, I did.
0: No, I did. <laughs> feels like God. You got to shave your head.
1: Go ahead. So, <laughs> it feels like I'm wearing a hat. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. So, I, and I am curious, guys. It, Tell that in the comment section. Let me know if I'm a complete fucking asshole for being curious on the return of azalea Dying. But you
0: know what? Or if if
1: if if uh, you guys are also like, I have to keep it in the closet. And, but you know and what? Though, here's
0: him. the thing. But again, though, in hip hop, they support murderers all the time. Yeah, no, it adds to their street cred. But we we want. So I mean, if 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 some and the thing is, oh, this guy didn't murder anybody. He attempted to murder someone. Totally different.
1: We could say he's lucky it didn't happen, but he did try to murder someone. Yes, he's lucky that a cop was there instead of someone else because he would have went down anyway right i guarantee you. well he's There's, very stupid yeah he's, 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 he's very stupid and if he had cool quotes like asking alexandria yeah. i would have did the dick and vagina thing about tim lamb yeah that's what, saying. what i'm he's saying he's very
0: stupid but he's not stupid in the fun way like asking alexandria
1: no nah, he's definitely not stupid. he's stupid, ve- in, the he's fun stupid way.
0: in the not fun way where it's just kind of like hey could you put that into the refrigerator and then he just puts it up his asshole or something it's like he's <laughs> stupid that's not where the roast goes <laughs> Somebody's going to be like, that is fun.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <Right>?
0: <laughs> that is fun. Anyways, next story. I'm sorry. I don't even know where I was talking.
1: Dave about. Lombardo's coming up, guys. We promise, man. Oh. Anyways, so next story. This hurt my feelings. Carnivore is one of my favorite bands of all time. I oh, love God. Peter Steele. I fucking adore everything he's done with Type O with Carnivore. Tried
0: to kill his wife several times. You're a big fan. No,
1: he, he, okay. no, he didn't. Mean, no, okay. he didn't do that. So you like
0: him for his music? He was okay. uh, he, I like him for his actual <laughs>
1: I don't know the bad things that did in his life. <laughs> dude, he's, he's not old. with us anymore. Yeah, I know. So Sad. so uh it's uh yeah, he he's definitely one of those guys that I think uh his legacy lives on yes. very strong. I think like a dime bag and stuff. Maybe not on that same level, but I think in the metal community, Peter Steele, you say his name, it's like yes. So Carnivore A D. Now the, I don't know if they're touring with someone replacing the lead singer and the bass player and the songwriter of the band, right? Um but they are playing shows so if they're playing shows in kind of a tribute way whatever well I'm if sure they decide to shows. put out a re- oh they're playing shows for sure if they decide to put out a record uh, well guar uh, did it guar did it i mean i'm not okay with that either i mean really see I, ne- i've never been i look i've seen guar with that uh, no i have not seen guar without i've Dave seen Rocky. him without, you got you guys
0: both I've have seen him and they do this whole they do i mean it's a it's close to a, a, a touching tribute, tribute yeah. as you can with guar you yeah. know Basically, they just call Odorous a sack of shit and, oh, this total scumbag, you know, and then they, show this, then they show this video of him, and he's basically singing along with the band. Yeah. You know, but it's... And I'm
1: sure that Odorous
0: would have wanted them to continue. Like, I, I said, that's just a different That's what I'm getting at. I mean, it's like... It's if just it, a it, different vibe is, Odorous is, is Did Odorous... Well, I'm sure Odorous didn't, like, know he was going to OD, but I'm saying, like, I'm sure his family and stuff gave them all the green light to keep going because where else do you go with that? No, I don't know, man. I mean, it's like the one it's thing a touchy with Guar, the one thing with, Gwar, the one thing with is there are so many people aboard that cast. So, you know, now all of a sudden those guys are not they're not making any money now.
1: You know I, what I mean? I
0: mean, I, they it's not they just lost the their band. Lead singer, bro. That's what I'm saying, I mean, they but lost I mean, their, but, their but it's mastermind. not just the band. Yeah, it's not just the band. There's a whole cast of people that goes along with every single Guar show. No, I know, bro.
1: I know. And I mean, I, I want people to support Guar. Support them. Get their new record. Support them all the way through and through. I'm just saying, like, s- you never know how you're going to feel. Like I said, for some reason, I'm okay with Tim Lambesis. Maybe because time has passed by. But the Dave Brocky thing, I never was okay with. Does that mean I don't support Guar? No, I'll go see him. Any, I'll go see him tomorrow. Yeah. But I just don't feel the same. I feel lucky I saw him so many times with Brocky. That's yes, how I feel. That's you how know? I feel. Um, and all that stuff. So moving on though, the carnivore thing, I never saw carnivore with Peter Steele. I was like four years old when they were really active or five. I don't know. So I, I never will see carnivore. So to hear those songs live, would I appreciate that? Maybe,
0: maybe I'm being a little whatever. Cause I, 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 like I said, I hold these guys to a certain, there is something to be said about listening to a band perform a song live that was written mm-hmm. by it, written and sang by the guy who wrote it. Mm hmm. You know, so there is something special to be said about that. But again, I mean, when you go see it live... Would you
1: see Dio's Disciples? Just a question. Would you be like, let me go see Dio's
0: Disciples? No, because Like Ripper or something? No, it's Dio's Disciples. It's like... So in other words, the guy's name is in the band, Mm -hmm. but he's not on the stage. Yeah. It's just, you know, so... If I'm going to go see Dio's disciples, I mean, I might as well just listen to the CD. If they're going to show off the the hologram and everything, I can listen to a live live recording of Dio anytime. Yeah. You know, and that's basically what it is. It's like, or or watch a DVD or something. That's that's what that hologram to me is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm just curious. I'm I'm I'm
1: always very I'm very attached to, um, the we all are the the, the, the yeah. So it's so hard for me to just like. Like the connection feels like it's lost. If I was yes. with somebody for like 20 years, like Brocky, like Dave Brocky is like, oh, that's, that's why I can't wait to see him. And it's like uh, the connection has been there for like 20 years yeah. of my life. And then it's like for me to just move the connection. It's, it's hard for me. Anyways, moving on, dude. Carnivore AD. Why? I don't know. Uh, last thing we want to talk about, I think, is uh metal. Oh, AD.
0: I just got that.
1: Anyway. After. Yeah. After who? After Jesus. No. After after BC is before Jesus.
0: <laughs> Whatever. Go ahead. BJ.
1: Oh, BJ is before Jesus, before Christ.
0: No. What's the lead? After death. Okay.
1: Yes, AD. What? After death of Jesus.
0: Okay. I'm yeah. serious. This is... This, yes. I'm not, okay.
1: Yes. <laughs> Producer, what the fuck? Tell us to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Edit this out. <laughs> Last story, guys. Metal Hammer readers got to pick the best metal songs in the 90s. Um, a lot of people were... Questioning uh, Pearl Jam Alive up there. I think it's, I don't, I don't think it's a metal song, it's a great song. It's not and a metal it,
0: song, but it definitely is. It's a fucking it great defined, song. <laughs> it defined that whole decade. Yeah. So, exactly. I'm like, I really. Uh, uh, but like, I mean, but it's, Let's give you, it a pass. But right? if you're going to put that in the metal, so- metal category, you might as well put Smells Like Teen Spirit in the metal it category. It is, it is too. It is. Oh.
1: Uh, as the readers pull, that song's on the list too. But number one is uh, Surfacing by Slipknot. And in the 90s, I think they're kind of right, man. That might be the most important metal, metal song.
0: Metal. Metal. Yeah. Of the '90s, that's. Uh, I think what it is though. The, the the problem with that song though is that Slipknot album came out late '90s. It's still '99, it still counts. But I know it still counts. But what I'm getting at is there are a lot of metal songs that came out. Like for example, uh, "Vulgar Display of Power" came out in the early '90s. I personally think a song like "Walk" or a song like "Mouth for War" or a song like "Fucking Hostile." Yeah. That I mean, all I'm saying is is that definitely made much more of an impact on the overall decade than one song that came in at the last year of the decade. I,
1: I don't disagree with you at all. Like, I actually would put any of those Pantera songs on, so um, ahead of that. And then, I mean, I'd put some Black Album songs up there. I think, I think like, Enter Sandman is... I know how overplayed it is. Yeah, you and, know? That, and that's what
0: I'm getting at. But, it's uh, like when that is
1: probably the most...
0: And know, I think that's one problem with a a poll like this is... Yeah. When, yeah, when you hear a song like Enter Sandman that's just been beaten into your fucking head over and over every time you go out, every sporting event, no, everything, no. you know. Hey, even but if yet,
1: it, when you see it live, dude, you, I'm telling you, man, every time I've seen Metallica live and I'm like, oh, God, and then you hear, din, 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 and you're like, kind of, really, and then it's just like, din, din, and you're just into it. Yes, dude. Live, well, yes, because they bring it, Because anywhere else?
0: Because it's fucking Metallica live and you dropped $172 for a ticket, you bet your ass you're going to be happy no matter what they do.
1: I paid 59
0: Well, Trujillo could just hit one of the bass strings and you're going to be like yay because you want to like it you're like i dropped all this fucking money on it. my expectations i don't care i'm going to go out of my way to put myself into the best mood so i can enjoy this to the fullest and get my money's worth a hundred percent
1: man i completely i completely agree with you all right guys so we are going to be interviewing dave Lobardo, but let me tell you something real quick Uh, i want to give you guys a little promotion on the metal blade Records side on october 6th the Black Dahlia Murder returns with their latest album, Nightbringers. It's featuring dynamic riffs that are both fresh and classic. The Black Dahlia Murder's Nightbringers is a collection of tracks that shift through many moods and effortless, effortlessly incorporates various elements of extreme metal. Catch the band on tour this fall with Suffocation, Decrepit Birth, Neck Rot, and Warm Witch. Pre order this album, pre order this album, pre order this album. It's gonna be fucking amazing. And get tour dates right now at metalblade.com slash TBDM guys. October Sist Nightbringers. All right. I gotta
0: give you credit because Pete did not read that off of a paper. He said he said it right from his soul. That's from his that soul. Good. That was from the soul. Every word. Every soul.
1: Dude, if you're not excited about the new Black Dahlia, guys, why are you listening to this show? There that's you go. I'm gonna say. See, that's
0: that's Fucking pre order it now. That's <laughs> the part that I
1: soak in. I'm like,
0: all right, that, that now he means
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Get, get over there. If you, if you don't want to see Black Dahlia in Suffocation to Birth on tour, why are you listening to this show, man? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, you
0: stupid piece of shit. Wait, did I go far? I went too far. I went too far. No, I'm no that sorry. was in the that was, sorry. that was okay. was in the ad, I'm you sorry. stupid piece of I'm shit. S- I'm sorry
1: about that. <laughs> Metalblade.com slash ba- TBDM. All right, guys, our interview with Dave Lombardo is right. Right here, let's go. This is Peter. I am with Dave Lombardo of Dead Cross. We are here out in Las Vegas at the Brooklyn Bowl right before the show tonight. Woo-hoo! Um, How you doing? Super excited, super excited. I was just telling Dave that it's uh, a Father's Day gift, so my lady knew yeah. ahead of time. That's uh, awesome. Ahead of time man. to pick up with that. So one thing I did want to touch based on real quick, uh, Bill Ward. He stated that out of the 10, best metal, uh, ten best metal albums of all time, a Dead Cross is number ten on his list. What is your reaction from hearing this and knowing a legendary drummer made this selection not a vocalist a drummer
2: um well i'm honored i i mean that's number one right there um you know i was i was surprised that um that he chose that album to be on his top 10 list you know i know i never thought he was he was going to choose it you know or, or anything it just caught me off guard you know Bill is is a very, um, uh, you know, I look up to that guy. He's a very admirable person, and uh, you know, I love all, obviously, all the work he's done and and all he's contributed, you know, to to the music industry and to drummers. So, I mean, I really appreciate it. He's a sweet guy. I Love that guy.
1: And when a hero of yours acknowledges you, is that surreal? Yes. That's, that's, that's absolutely, I
2: absolutely.
1: I've never even you come know, close to anything like that.
2: Um, you know, Bill Ward was a big influence. Uh, Mitch Mitchell, you know, from Jimi Hendrix, was a big influence on me, and uh, and also, uh, <laughs> what's oh, geez, what's his name? Um, oh, the guy from uh, oh, Ginger Baker uh, from Cream, Cream. Yeah. yeah. But he obviously feels that heavy metal should have been aborted. <laughs> you know, the birth of heavy metal should have been aborted. So was I don't a- know if he'd be fond of me. Uh, saying that hey, you know, you influenced this guy right here. So, yeah. uh,
1: I, I think that like there's certain guys that can say whatever they want, yeah. You think Absolutely. he's one of them, yeah, yeah. That's one of those yeah. guys where I'm like, that's, that's cool. If there was yeah. somebody in, I don't know, uh, a, a newer band that said that, then, yeah, then I got issues, all yeah. right. So, that's true. Another question I really like that was asked recently is that, um, they asked you what album would you like to be remembered by, and you, your selection was Fantomas, the director's cut, yes. Um, now. Obviously, an amazing record, one of my favorites. I'm wearing a Fantomas shirt when I saw you guys back in the day, and um, you're
2: wearing one. When, wearing one now. I, know. I mean, it's, it's
1: <laughs> an Animation*. Yeah, I had to drive to I had to drive to Arizona to see that wow. tour with you and the Locust. But uh-huh. I was there; it was fantastic. And um, but how many of that soundtrack compositions um, were you not familiar with going into record?
2: Uh, I heard *The Omen* and *The Godfather* uh, before. Uh, I wasn't familiar with Charade, mm. uh, Twin Peaks, uh, uh, a couple other ones. I I can't think of you know uh, the titles right now. But, and uh, so
1: hearing like the Charade one or the Twin Peaks for the first time through, the, did you have to listen to the the original first, or were you kind of like? Getting it, the composition like how you guys were doing it in the studio first. So no, remember? I heard
2: it first. I, I heard uh, Patton's rendition of it of it first. Yes, ah. yeah. because he would deliver. You know, he would send me obviously the, the the songs with drums, vocals, samples, guitar, bass, everything. He would perform everything first ah. and send it to everyone, and we would learn it. So, yeah, oh, yeah that was that was the that make first time. It
1: easier for you or harder?
2: Well, his his writing is challenging. You know the way he approaches music is very challenging. So, you know it was a little different. You know,
1: I remember when I saw uh, Phantomos live that one time, I was like, "Wait, that was Book Seventeen? No, that was Book four. Like when you guys are putting them live, because it's so hard to, to catch yeah. on them, right? Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure I can try. Yeah. Back back then, you didn't have like a Setlist.com where you can cheat. Right? No, no, no. You can't. <laughs> so you, had to, you had to know the song. Yeah. Right? So and uh,
2: you know, it's funny. We had different names for those songs. Like All actual the, titles. Actual titles. You oh. know, our own little. Kind of cheat sheet that would uh, kind of give us a clue to what piece it was that we were performing.
1: Ah, uh, that's how you would memorize. Yeah, them. yeah. We yeah. didn't go by
2: pages. No way. Because
1: <laughs> I was, well, I was thinking about that. I'm like yeah. rehearsal. Like, how, I would think rehearsal was very hard.
2: Yeah. Like, but oh if, yeah.
1: If anybody missed a, a note, did like Pat know right away? Oh yeah. Oh, he was on it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. He, did, he composed. Yeah, everyone it would know. We it. all would know because we'd work so hard on it. To get you it. You know, sometimes we'd work. You know two hours for two seconds of music three seconds of music and you can't imagine how much information you know you could fit in that amount of time so you know it was it was challenging and uh yeah it taught me a lot you know it made me a better musician
1: and now the the uh the longest song you guys ever said the third record delirium Cord- cordia mm-hmm. that was done was that done in one take or how did that one no
2: no we recorded it? um suspended animation and delirium cordia uh, During the, the same recording session. So, drums alone for those two albums, they took about two and a half weeks. And that's with overdubs, you know, all, all my drum tracks, plus percussion overdubs, you know, finger bells, whatever, you know, like, uh, you know, little chimes, you know, concert bass drum overdubs, all that stuff was layered. You know, all those instruments were layered uh, on those albums, and uh, so that's what took the longest.
1: And and when you had to go back to like a traditional, maybe like speed metal drumming after those sessions, did it? Did you have to shake those sessions off, or did you just feel more confident in your work?
2: Oh, I felt more confident in my work because yeah, you that off. because yeah. yeah, I felt that when I went into the more traditional thrash metal mm-hmm. after Phantomas, it was it was easy. Yeah, it was very easy. It was. It was like, you know, sitting in your car, putting it in drive, and setting cruise control. It was like, okay, how long do I need to do this beat for? Great. Two, two verses, a couple choruses, you know, okay, song is done. But uh, yeah, everything became, you know, quite simple from that point onward.
1: And with that knowledge, when you came into Dead Cross when you decided this is the new project you wanted to do, and like I said, it's just a fantastic record. If Bill Ward thinks it's one of the 10 best of all time, I got nothing I can say. I love it. Thank but you. when you came into that, did you want to take that stuff you took from Phantomas and not make it a traditional kind of beat? Um, or was it more about that raw energy?
2: Um The thought of Phantomas really wasn't, you know, didn't go through my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, however, Performing with Phantomus and, and being a part of that, that band and, and those recordings, you know, gave me a sense of fearlessness, you know, where I was, I wasn't afraid to venture in a drum beat that was, you know, untraditional of the normal, you know, uh, thrash metal style, you know, I didn't care, it's like, it fit, it sounds good, it's challenging, it, it belongs there.
1: And if you uh, no, one of the things that you did a couple years back, I want to see, you did that Rhythm and Canvas thing, the art piece, yes. the art show. Uh-huh. Like, how would you describe, like, the visual, I guess, how would you describe the end result of those pieces to someone else? Because you, you were there during the creations.
2: Yes. Yes. But yeah. how would
1: you uh, describe the end result? Like the end result, in, I would have to you know,
2: kind of, you know, explain to them, you know, the process in which, you know, the photographs were taken and... Uh, but the recording, the actual recording of those of those drum tracks for for the book, uh, if I think that's what you're talking about, yeah, talking yeah. about the book, yes. Okay, uh, those drum solos were inspired by each indiv- indiv- individual photograph, and that approach uh, I learned from working with Phantomus, and uh, we performed in New York City. Uh, probably 2003, in a, at a theater, and this was uh, the curator was uh, uh, John Zorn, and what we did is we performed uh, to Kenneth Anger's movies of the 1970s. You know these really bizarre uh, uh, movies Kenneth Anger uh, directed, and uh, so the film was silent, and uh, we had to perform music to these uh, to these films. Uh, live and improv Im- improvisations, and Similar so to
1: how they viewed them back in the day, right? You would have, exactly, yeah, where you they had the, the
2: orchestra performing as you're watching the show. Wow! So we did that, and so I applied that concept or that approach to music uh, uh, to to the photographs. So I would look at one of the prints, and I would concentrate, focus the name, and you know what what those you know pictures kind of meant to me and then i started creating the drum solo you know from you know looking at those photographs you know and whatever however it inspired me that's what we what was recorded
1: and that, that that's a fascinating thing especially from like all the stuff that you've been doing all the way through to, to go to that level i do remember getting um it was called weird little boy and john i know Patton was on there i don't know if you were on there did you do that with john's Zorn? no on i didn't same time on no. uh, this record And um, I still have it It's got a little booklet with it But I was wondering Because I forgot who did the drums on
2: that Yeah, did no, I... that wasn't me I did Su Fong uh, X-U-F-E-N-G Which was like a Cobra Kind of, uh, you know, performance But it was a little different And um, But yeah, that, that was the only performance That I that had recorded with Zorn oh,
1: man. So assuming tonight That you guys are going to play The entire debut album in its entirety That's what I'm assuming Yes, I don't know, for we a are but how does that make you feel? Have you ever toured before where you know nobody can complain about the set list?
2: <laughs> um, somebody's always going to complain about something, <laughs> exactly. and uh, it's like you can't win. Yeah, especially these days with the internet, it's yeah. like somebody. Oh wait, you know nobody complained about this. I'm going to go ahead and complain about it and see if somebody snaps or you know answers, which is all they're trying to do is get attention. Exactly. Um, it, no, I, I I never really done this before I mean I have performed albums in their entirety for example Rain and Blood we mm-hmm. performed in the enti- in its entirety oh I got that uh, also Director's Cut I remember performing that uh, but you know
1: for a debut record though it is special that's
2: it is very different. special it's, it's,
1: it's, it's a rare thing so now that's another thing with the debut record it's got to come off like if, if, it, if the sound doesn't come off on that first record how you want it to be is it hard to stay motivated to put out another record? Or is it like, all right, um, we'll learn for the next one? I mean, how does that work?
2: Well, there's always room to, for improvement in everything that you do. Um, and, and being an artist, you know, sometimes you're never always... I mean, you're, there's always some kind of, you know, uh, something that you could always make better. And um, so yeah, I think it's just the nature of the beast. Is just you just uh, try... To always outdo yourself. Make it as, as best as you can.
1: Gotcha. So whose idea was for the glow-in-the-dark packaging on the CD? Do you remember
2: that? I, I would have to refer to all the emails. Oh, uh, man. oh, I bet. Oh, man. We had this this constant email flow going on for several days in, in discussion. It could have been Justin. It could have been Patton. But, yeah, we were all in this email uh, uh, chain and, and discussing, you know, this this album cover.
1: And, and for people that don't own the physical copy, it's going cool dark. But I got I got a twenty month year old son, uh, and I put it right above his crib. Like oh, his was daughter. that you? Oh, uh, did you post that picture? I did not post. Okay, so it, but it was somebody, somebody that posted, it. posted. Yes. Okay, so yeah. I'm not original, but I, I'll tell you, his face was like it, it was. He wouldn't he wouldn't go to bed. It was amazing. I just uh, wanted to take that. but Somebody <laughs> did it. Somebody.
2: I, I never think to. Somebody take, had twins or something—two babies side by side with their Dead Cross record. Oh,
1: and it was in the glow in the dark or no? Uh, no, oh, no, no, they it didn't. Was no, right it
2: was, it. Yeah, but yeah,
1: I put it on his wall because you know it's it's the paper—not the paper. I don't know what it's called, but it's a slip sleeve, so you can put it on the wall. Yeah. put it there, and it glows in the dark, and he sits there, and it's almost like his nightlight right now.
2: That's <laughs> what I—that's
1: what I did with it, and so um,
2: you got to play the music for him. Oh, try to help him fall asleep. I
1: will show you a video of him dancing to it. Really? With every Dude, metal. Uh-huh. I don't know. Anything I put on for him, he just does this like, weird jump dance. Yeah. I can tell him I'm a kid all day. It's crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> People don't want to hear it. They're like, shut up, dude. <laughs> uh, it's
2: all good, man. I have three kids. Yeah,
1: and, and they, these, these moments at this 20-month, right? Every day is something new? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah,
2: the first year is like, uh, the first two years are the fastest you know uh fastest growing period for a child so
1: isn't it crazy though like that you're you have all these memories but they'll have none of them
2: no that's no, the. That's why you got to capture them man you yeah. got to capture on picture you know or or video
1: yeah so wow. that's that I, I and that's that's actually is one good thing about today video is so easy capturing so easy that's true yeah uh, and all that stuff um so uh here's my clickbaity question for you <laughs> are you ready for this sort of uh what is your least favorite song you ever recorded <clears throat>
2: That's a tough one. Yeah. Because I stand behind everything I've, I do. So. Uh, you're allowed to say
1: you like everything. Pardon there's me? A, you're allowed to say, hey, I like everything. There's nothing. You know, I don't know if there's one in the catalog where you're like, you know what? I like track one through 10 on The Gathering, but track 11, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
2: That's a flawless record. Yeah, so that, really, fun. you yeah. know, there isn't. Uh, um, I'm proud of and, and happy with everything I've done. It, it would never have been released if I was unhappy with it or unhappy with the performance. Perfect. You know. Um, let's say for example, Show No Mercy, you know, Slayer's first album. The only issue with that record was the the process in which we recorded it. Uh, you know they had me overdub the cymbals. Uh I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So exactly, uh, yeah. you know it sounds weird. You know when you listen to it on the headphones, it, it sounds disconnected you know, but it is what it is, it was the time, and it just showed the kind of drums and cymbals that I had, I was playing very loud uh, cymbals, they were very bright, and they were bleeding over into the tom mics, and, you know, they, they felt that, uh, you know, the recording could be better, and I just went ahead, God, I was 17, 18 years old when I recorded that album, so I didn't have a say-so, you know, it was like...
1: But it still holds up great. Yeah. I mean, you got oh, yeah. It. So, uh, there's, I mean, there's no doubt about that. So, yeah. You were also luck I mean, like I said, a lot of great things have happened in your career for sure. The Misfits reunion that happened uh-huh, yeah. a little while back. Now, uh, you were a part of it. I know if they do more Misfits shows, we'll expect you to be a part of it. So, yes. I don't know how the, the, de- the deal is with that. But if Glenn and the boys were like, all right, Dave, we want to record a new Misfits record, would you try to talk them out of it? Or do you think they can capture that same raw sound that the Misfits were back then?
2: Honestly, I'm going to be brutally honest here. Yeah. Um, I would suggest for them to, to tour as much as they can off of those original records because there's some serious magic in those melodies and that songwriting. I don't know if with the growth of each musician in that band, you know, they're... You know their their, uh, their method of, of songwriting has evolved and so I don't know if that unless they, they maybe bring in a producer that you know hones them in and, and dials them into says no that's it's the songs is, is too long now you know we're we're over two minutes and yeah. you know the yeah. song's too long no, no, no they, they, that can't be you know maybe it could work you know, yeah. um, but I honestly, hey, it's 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 the misfits are the misfits. They can do what they want, and True. you know, I'm yeah. a hired gun, and I'll just stay back. And if they want to record, I'm there.
1: I think Ross Robinson would be a guy that that can make something crazy happen there. That's why I was going to bring him up with the Dead Cross record. Was he your first choice, or did you have like kind of a list of producers? Oh uh, no, no, he
2: was that. he's a dear friend, oh, and okay. um, he lives by the by the beach. You know, actually, right on the beach, and. Um, and uh, I, I'd go skateboarding That's yeah, the thing I do Yeah, 50-year-old man, you know, loves skateboarding And that's what I do You
3: can't break <laughs> an arm doing that, Dave <laughs> Fuck it, who cares, man
2: a- I used to ride motocross and I broke my face I didn't give a fuck <laughs> <There> you <laughs> So, um, you know, and, and I'd stop by on occasion And, and just pay him a visit and, Not a chore when he's on the beach
1: Right, you know, chore.
2: it's like, hey <laughs> man, what's up So, uh, you know when, when everything went down with, with my former band uh, you know I had booked some time with Ross and you know when I told him the whole situation that they uh, you know that they bailed on me and uh, you know I, I apologized to him and he said hey because he, he's a real positive guy and, and he immediately said hey I got a project tomorrow come on in let's work on it so it was by, by chance you know and and I had to give him the opportunity of recording this band. He was the one that you know kind of introduced me to to Michael Crane and Justin, although I knew Justin from the locust, but he brought those musicians together and myself to work on another project, a singer-songwriter, uh, a girl, uh, and he wanted us to you know mess with her sound and, and her songwriting
1: so he is. Like I said, for me, producer wise, he captures that energy. Absolutely. When I I listen to the the debut Dead Cross record, when I listen to Relationship of Command Mm. uh, by At the Drive, and when I listen to a lot of those bands that need that extra, I think, um, energy, he was always a guy that can get it out of them. Yeah. You know? And so when I think of Raw, when I think of punk rock, when I think of something like a Misfits album, that's the guy I'm like, he might be able to do it. Where if they choose, like, if they were to choose, like, a guy that does the Foo Fighters, who's an amazing producer, I'm sure. There's no way, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. But you
1: got to get somebody these days. It seems like you got to get somebody that knows exactly what they're doing to record in order to make it sound.
2: I yeah, he he definitely has that, but he also what I love about Ross is how uh he's very he's, at a, he's like a motivational speaker, you know. He'll sit there and you know, motivate you and you know, try to get the best performance out of you. You know, he'll uh Uh, He'll hone in your thoughts and and your ideas and and make sure that that you're on the right path and and what he wants out of you Um, You know a perfect example was uh, I was tracking one of the Dead Cross songs and he said Dave You know imagine you're on your motorcycle and and you're about to hit this jump and your adrenaline is just like You know through the roof and you're just like, you know all pumped to you know take this jump and uh, And I stopped I said hold on right there stop. I said without a helmet And he said, yes, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, and so he went inside, pressed record, and and we tracked one of the songs. And it's just, you know, we we didn't use a click. Usually a click track, I think, I feel stales the performance. It just really, uh, it just doesn't have life when it's, when the drummer is, is stuck to a click track and has to follow it. And we made sure that we recorded this record without, you know, anything like that. It's yeah. like a
1: crutch, right? In a lot it of ways. Is. So yeah, especially it is. if you don't have it at first. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Here we are at
2: the Brooklyn Bowl. Imagine bowling with those little guardrails.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you know, how track. are you going
2: to determine whether you're a good drummer or not if you got a
1: click track? Yeah. yeah. you got a click track. You gotta let, you gotta let those guardrails down. Yeah. You go for the three hundred. Yeah. Take gonna...
2: off the training wheels, punk. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's <see>. That's it.
1: A- <laughs> Oh, I bet Ross has said that to somebody. The no, he hasn't said. I actually made that
2: up right now. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs>
1: so, um, what? Out of all your performances, like I said, love, love the last suicidal War, world gone mad. A great record. Oh, dude,
2: I love that album. It's such a good record. Yeah. It,
1: it, I think there's so many suicidal Tennessee's record that go under the radar. It bothers me. But yeah. anyways, I, I mean, we talked about his melodies
2: and songwriting is is phenomenal. I love it. It's it, it's Mike Muir, you know, and, and suicidal. It's perfect. It's, I love it.
1: And I got the chance that we, we talked to Mike Muir, and he and I asked, all right, this is a while ago, probably a year or two ago, and uh, I'm like, how would you get Dave in the band? And the way he described it to me, uh-huh. I, I don't know if you're going to agree with the way he described it. He goes, well, I called him like I was going to ask a girl out on prom, and I was just really, really hoping he was going to say yes, uh-huh. but uh, <laughs> I, I was scared he was going to say no, so I was all like, hey, Dave, do you want to be in the band? And I'm like, wait a second. I'm going to ask Dave if that's how he remembers it.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't hear that in his voice, no. you know, but, you know, he was... Uh, oh, uh, no, no, it's okay. Uh, he he was uh, really cool, and I remember I was I was getting on a ship on a cruise ship. Uh, it's called Seventy Thousand Tons of Metal with Dead Cross with Gabe Serbian, and I think it was Dead Cross's like fourth or fifth show. And uh, we went ahead and you know we we're boarding the ship, and a friend of mine said, "Hey, Mike Muir's is going to give you a call. Are you available?" I said, "Yeah, tell him to call me right now. I'm about to board a ship, and I won't be." You know, uh, available for probably a few days, and he uh, he immediately called me and asked, and I couldn't say no. I said immediately, I say, fuck yeah, let's do it. You know, I'm, and suicidal has been a big influence, you know, in my career, and and actually, you know, suicidal and Slayer go back early '80s. I remember going to a suicidal show in Orange County, uh, California, in like around '82. At the concert factory, and Tom Araya is in the institutionalized video uh, for suicidal, and yeah. so that's how far. And, and Rocky George and Jeff Hanneman were really good friends, and uh, so the history goes. Is the history is very deep with that band, so I couldn't, I couldn't decline.
1: That's uh, um, I, 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 I can't imagine if you did. I was so happy because everybody was wondering. All right. Dave, he's gonna get. He's, somebody's got to pick him up. And then when it was Mike and me, I'm like, perfect. Yeah, yeah that's exactly
2: it, what I got perfect, from everybody. Perfect.
1: Yeah, because yeah, that's it's exactly it's L.A. It's the same style. It's the same sound. The rhythm section of Suicidal oh, is notoriously yes the funkiest and best. You know, wow. so it's like just to bring that in there. It was yeah. it was great. That's but,
2: that's one thing I love about Suicidal is that they incorporate. You know, obviously they are the crossover band, but they incorporate like the funk. And the yeah. groovy kind of, you know, rhythms that are untraditional in, in thrash or, or, or punk, you know, they brought a new element in. And again, that's being fearless, not being afraid of, of incorporating different sounds or blending different, you know, instruments or, you know, mixing musicians up, you know, it's, it's, it's good.
1: And that rhythm is what makes you, like, the, the meanest mosh pit i ever been in. Ever. Okay? And I know this is going to sound weird, but it was, this, the show was Primus and System of a Down was opening. Right. right? System of a Down happened. It was whatever. Primus was sheer terror. Chaos. Yeah. It was like World War Z. People were climbing up on, on each other. Right. And um, I just remember thinking the rhythm... And Suicidal is one of the meanest pits I've been been too, but it's because of that rhythm section that gets that bounce going. Right. It's different than, like, the thrash style. Exactly. And, and, and um, it just really always, like, those shows always had something more to me. Because it's like, I'm so used to the riff, but when the beat t- t- takes over, especially Mike running back and forth, yeah. man, I don't know how he does it.
2: Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs>
1: it is nonstop. He is, he is like a pong ball. So uh, just a, a couple more questions, but out of all the performances, and I just brought World Gone Mad, it was kind of an improv thing, but out of all the performances you did with all the records you've done, like you said, in your, in your career now, which one of yours do you feel maybe that you're really proud of that might have got lost under the shuffle? Maybe the timing wasn't right. Maybe this wasn't there. That you're like, this is something that everybody should love.
2: Oh, those, the Grip Incorporated albums that I performed on and, and, and co-wrote with... With uh, Sorikta and and Chambers, that band I felt, you know, was very underrated. You know, we we were a bit ahead of our time, I think, uh, because we sprung up during this period of uh, grunge mm-hmm. and uh, this kind of new metal, kind of like Corn and and I don't know Limp Bizkit, Limp several other stuff, bands yeah. like that. And and so we really didn't catch on, so I think you know those albums. I, I believe some of those albums are masterpieces. You know, they're phenomenal bodies of work.
1: And yeah, a lot of people. And you guys did do an EP. Uh, didn't Grip Incorporated did an EP a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we just I released like "Hostage to,
2: to Heaven," a couple tracks yeah. that uh, were unreleased, and a remix, uh, a performed remix of one of the songs. Gotcha. Of so hostage does, does
1: that mean there might be some future stuff, or you know, I really nothing. wish
2: it's difficult Your to. Well, no, there's oh. always time, uh, but it's 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 very difficult when a when a vocalist passes away mm-hmm. to try to bring another one in uh, and and try to fill fill that spot. Uh, Gus was a very very talented and special artist, and I. I got lucky when I found that guy and it was just, it was funny because it was a friend that played congas in a Latin jazz band and he said, Dave, uh, I worked with this lady at the bank. Her husband's a punk rocker and he wants to, uh, and and she wanted me to give you a, a demo. So I received this demo and I listened to it, I was like, wow, I really love this singer. I want him. And that was Gus Chambers and he became this this amazing vocalist in a thrash metal band.
1: Well I'll tell you something right now, a lot of people that don't know, that are listening to the podcast right now, you gotta go back and check out these Grip Incorporated records. And that plug right there is huge. That's what keeps them alive.
3: Yeah. You know? Because yeah. the
1: people are gonna go out there. Now it's so easy. They just type it in and they find it. Exactly. Before you went to a record store. I prefer the former way, but you know, regardless, yeah. yeah um, and then last question man you're in vegas obvious question here anybody in dead cross gambling tonight anybody get a, any games that you guys are going to come out and play out here today any what gambling, any gambling? Games? oh no oh, i don't no gamble
2: way. man no, no no i keep my credit card and everything keep close it. to my heart
1: <laughs> <You're> <laughs> anyway the band gonna have a bad night anybody you're worried about
2: no no everybody's good, good. oh we're on point yeah i, I like that yeah. i've seen
1: a lot of guys lose their per diem and just look sad at the slot machine and i'm like
2: no Uh, if anything i'd like to go pick up a white castle or something because they have white castle is it down the street street? yeah
1: dude it's down there to the
2: right it's it's not too bad from you so after the night (laughs) see that's something we we don't get four seven so oh perfect see those are things we don't get back in cali so all uh, right but anyways yeah
1: so cool dave i want to thank you so much i am so excited about the show it's gonna be a special show this is a special tour you guys so do not miss it out go to dead cross see the remaining dates do not miss any of this stuff. It's going to be amazing. Debut album, going to play it in its entirety, so it's got to be heard. So, all right, yeah. Dave, thank you Plus so much. Plus two oh. more
2: songs. We Plus wrote, th- yeah, we wrote oh. two extra songs to, uh, you know, fulfill our, our contractual commitment <laughs> <Because> to, for, <laughs> yeah, for 40 minutes because the album is only 30. Oh. And given the adrenaline, we probably could play that album in 25 minutes. Yeah. So we made sure we wrote some pieces and, you know. Excellent. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, everybody will be happy. So,
1: you guys, you heard it here. No, I'm, I'm going to make sure nobody's videotaping those songs so you guys have to experience that live. We're not yeah. going to let you guys do that. So, for anyways, sure. all right, Dave, thank you so much for talking Thanks, to man. Metal sucks. thank you. Thank you.
2: sucks podcast Metal Sucks Podcast.
1: Dude, and yeah, I know the audio, guys. We were actually outside on the balcony of the Brooklyn Bowl. It was raining outside. We couldn't find a place, but I think it turned out totally fine. What a – dude, what a moment for me. That was cool. In person with the Speaking of, to, an, yeah,
0: to a legend like that. Yeah. I mean, My lady la- right
1: behind me. How many more <laughs> – uh,
0: your lady right behind you with a strap on. Here's the thing. Um – how you need to write this Ask Alexandria four million dollar <laughs> fucking <laughs> 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 symphony album? That was terrible.
1: That <laughs> was strap that
0: was terrible. Papa Coach, <laughs> that was terrible.
1: All right, I guess I won up, John. No, let no. me say the songs I just heard, real quick. I want you to say the songs you so you don't, you don't put your foot in your mouth, real quick. So let mm-hmm. me throw this out, guys. The first two songs, we uh, actually played a song last week off Dead Cross's record, the self title. We think it's definitely one of the best of the year. First one, the song is Shalalag, and the second one is Caesar and Desist. We also played a song. Off of uh, Mike Patton's label, EpiCac, or EpiCac? I don't know how to say it. EpiCac Records, uh, they, they have a band called Spotlights on there. It's a husband and wife duo. They've been touring with the Melvins, and they got a new record coming out October 6th. sure it's called Shalala? Shalalag.: Sh-
0: Could it be Shillelagh?
1: Like and one no, of those it's, Irish it's, sticks? It's S-H-I-L-L-E-L-A-G-H. Could be Shillelagh. No, well, whatever. Whatever. I, I said Shalala. I, I couldn't, dude. Okay, anyways, the song you heard by
0: Spotlights. <laughs> Thanks. Denny, more editing, right? No, (laughs) keep it there. We're going to keep in my accidentally racist comment. We're going to keep this fucking mistake in there.
1: Spotlight's new record, Seismic, comes out October 6th. The song you heard was Learn to Breathe. It's produced by Aaron Turner, man, from ISIS and Sumac. Uh, I really enjoy the record, so I just wanted to throw that song out there for you guys and... uh um, you know, we'll get out there. So that, my friend, is our first uh, Metal Sucks show with the producer. Hopefully it sounds better. Good job, Denny X. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. We won't week. be racist next week. Say we won't be racist I next week. I promise we, we'll, we will be like 99% less racist. Awesome. See you guys. The Metal Sucks
2: podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.